Welcome to the House on Fire podcast. Our aim is to light a fire for Jesus in the homes of those who listen through encouragement and equipping. Let's partner together to advance the gospel in the next generation. I am your host, Lucas Jackson, and I am passionate about seeing more people on fire for Jesus. When you listen to the House on Fire podcast, you'll hear from people you can rub shoulders with every week at Bethel Church, because all of our guests are from our church family. These are people striving to love God, love others, and to serve the world. Thanks for joining us today on this episode. We've got Jackson with us today. Jackson, thanks for being on, man. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, brother. Well, tell us a little bit about you and uh, I guess your potential family that will be coming soon. Um, My family, I mean, I am originally from Mandan, North Dakota. Um, I am a in-state kid. Um, I now attend NDSU, so I live here in Fargo. Um, I actually got started here at uh, Bethel Church, thanks to my wonderful fiance, soon-to-be wife, yeah. um, Aubrey. Uh, we have been attending Bethel, I think, almost a year and a half, close to two years now. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been really good, and um, I am a, an accounting major um, in school, which is you know fun at times, but the numbers is just kind of what I love, so that's why I chose that major. Yeah. Um, and then I am also a uh, football player for the NDSU Bison. Yeah. So why NDSU? Out of I mean, all the schools or all the options. Why is that kind of like? Well, you know, you're from North Dakota, so you're like, I'd lo- that's where I want to go, or kind of what? How that decision come about? For sure, that uh, played a big piece in it. Um, yeah, you're an in-state kid, and North Dakota State is like, oh my gosh, that's my that's my dream. And um, for sure, that was a big piece of why I wanted to come here. Yeah. Um, but the the other big piece is I loved the business school. Um, the academic side of NDSU is very impressive. Um, their business school is accredited. It's well-known. Yeah. Um, and the professors are really, really great as well. Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. Has it overall been a really good experience for you at NDSU? Absolutely. I would tell any kid that's coming out of high school to don't sell NDSU or any other in-state ins- institution short. Yeah. Um, just because it's a North Dakota school doesn't mean it's a bad school. Are, are there, like So when you say it that way, are there not like a lot of schools in North Dakota that are good in terms of colleges or... I would say that like a lot of students sell it short. Like you're like, oh, I want to move out of state and go to like Minnesota or I want to go to uh, like a big other institution, like on the far side of the country. I want to go to like USC or I want to go to an Ivy League school. And yeah, when it boils down to it, a degree is a degree. Yes, it is. So it, it <laughs> and you will get quality education and very good education and you will learn life lessons no matter where you go. Yeah. And when it boils down to it, it's also much more affordable. I mean, school nowadays is costing almost an arm and a leg. So it is, uh huh. It's interesting mm-hmm. to say the least. What worship service do you and uh, your fiance normally attend? Uh, we typically attend the nine o'clock. Um, we're kind of morning people, so yeah, we go grab a coffee, come sit down, and have quite a few conversations post service. So that's yeah. always great. And yeah. we like the nine o'clock. Yeah, I. I saw my wife the other day. I was like, man, if we could have church at like six a.m. on a Sunday morning, I'd totally be down. Now, it'd probably only be five of us, but <laughs> it would be awesome. I think you'd have a lot of families there when their kids getting up at 530. Oh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just take them to the morning service that's, with me. That's what I'm saying. It would be, 
we'll dream a little bit here. <laughs> Are you involved in a, a life group or or like a, a small group of any sort or a group of people that you're pursuing Christ with that's just been super beneficial for you in this stage of your life? Um, I actually have a couple. Uh, one here at um, uh, Bethel that I, I help out with. I'm one of the youth group leaders here for the high school. Yeah. Um, so I get to talk with uh, some senior boys um, every Sunday and keep up with them uh, throughout the week, sending them a text, giving them a call. Um, and that's been really beneficial and, uh, it's been really good conversation and, and it's been really good to see them grow in Christ throughout the year. Um, there's also, uh, through NDSU, it's called FCA fellowship of Christian athletes. Um, so we meet once a week. Um, I've been involved in that now for again, about two years. Um, it's also been growing exponentially. I think when I started there, I give or take 30 people showing up and now it's close to about a hundred a week. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's growing phenomenally. Um, I actually just got asked to be a a leader uh, starting in the spring this week. So awesome. it's kind of been on my heart. So I've been praying about that a little bit. So. Yeah. And like what night of the week do you guys meet and kind of what's the, what's the flow of that? What's that look like? Uh, for FCA, we meet Wednesday nights. Um, typically most practices are done by about six thirty, So we'll meet about seven forty-five. meet for about an hour, hour and 15. Um, we'll do a, we do we like just kind of announcements, what's going on around the university, what's going on in the yeah. community. What can we do to volunteer? Um, there's also a time of, we call it fresh bread. So it's like, hey, what has God been doing in your life that you've seen or someone else has seen? Yeah. And we get to share that with the group. Um, they'll bring in either a speaker or they can do, uh, they've done panels before, or if there's like a topic of conversation, um, we'll bring people up, they'll speak on it. Uh, there's been testimonies spoken of before. Yeah. Um, but then we'll break out into small groups. And we'll have more intimate conversations with uh, people based on um, if you're a man or a woman. And we'll, there's like typically like a list of questions that the speaker will be like, hey, like just to kind of yeah see where this conversation can go based off of what I said. Here's some questions, talk on it. Then we'll reconvene, pray it out. And it, it's a, it's a very quality hour and 15 minutes of yeah getting to be around others that know Christ. Yeah. Is it? Is it mostly athletes or are there, are there some non-athletes that are involved too? Because I know that's always kind of the mm -hmm. thing. I was involved in FCA in high school and it's always the, well, I'm not an athlete. Of course you can come. Like, come on. Like, Yeah, no, it's, uh, it is it is not um, discrimination against anyone. If you are a non-athlete and want to show up, by all means show up. Yeah, You don't even have to be from NDSU. We have Concordia people show up. We have oh, MSUM awesome. people show up. It's, okay. Yeah, that's awesome. That is cool. That mm -hmm. is, but. Like, can you be 85 years old and live down the street and show up? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that, but... Uh, we, <laughs> I'm just kidding. We do have people that are actually, like, they graduated, like, last year or two years ago, and they'll still, like, show up, and yeah. it might not be as, like, weekly as it is because you're not on campus all the time, but yeah. um, they'll still show up, and they'll, like, talk, and it's it, it's a really good group of people, and, and it's very family-oriented. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about your story, upbringing, and just, yeah, just uh, would love to notice a little bit about, about your story. Well, um, in my upbringing, I was raised Roman Catholic. Um, and what does that I, mean? So I was baptized as a Roman Catholic. I went to Catholic school um, between third and fifth grade. Okay. Um, I attended church weekly. I did communion. I did the I did all the sacraments, including yeah. confirmation. When mo when most people tell me that mm -hmm. when they grew up Roman Catholic, it normally is like Christmas and Easter. At least that's how it's been described to me, oftentimes. So that's why I ask, like, what, what does that mean? It, uh, so I, you guys were like committed. I, I was, I was very committed. Um, I was an altar server for eight years. 
Okay, and so what is, what is that? Like, I, I I didn't grow up in the church, or so what, what's yep. the what is that? Um, so when the the priest is up there and he's like he has to like read out of the out of the missal or the book, yeah. Um, and then like you have to set the altar and you have to put everything that it needs to be placed. That's the altar server's job. Okay. So think of it like as um, you know, like when the worship team brings up Andy's pedestal and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what an altar server would okay. do. Okay. Okay. Um, so you. would you're just kind of like the background, just trying to help him out. Kind of like a stage hand, yeah, you know, yeah. like I'm there, I'm helping you out. Yeah. Then I'm gone. Okay. Um, so I, I did that. So, I mean, it was regular mass, bigger masses. I've, I've served the bishop three times. I served a cardinal once, like, and those are higher ups con- according to their yeah. uh, hierarchy of people. Um, yeah. did funerals, I did weddings. Um, it, for me, it was like, I got to be more involved. So I felt like I actually kind of paid more attention. I actually took out more than most people oh, yeah. just sitting in a pew in the back because everyone just filters in in the back in church sometimes. Yeah. Um, and you're just like, oh, I'll just sit here and listen to the message, whatever it is. And like, I, I actually felt like I got a lot more out of it. Mm. Um, so I would, I would probably say I had a different experience than most kids that were raised as a Roman Catholic. Yeah. Um, sometime in like high school, I just, I just kind of had this feeling. I just had this conviction of like, is this right? Like there were some questions I had. Um, and they, as I went into college and kind of got away from my, my parents wing. Um, I mean, COVID also kind of messed everyone's life up a little bit. So yep. I didn't go to mass that much. Yeah. Um, just kind of prayed on my own a little bit more. Um, I talked with many people through FCA, um, couple of teammates actually uh, that were saved through Christ, like phenomenal testimonies. You can see the night and day difference between when they were, when they showed up and where they were when they ended. Yeah. Um, so I, I talked with them, got involved with them and they, uh, they kind of helped guide, guided me. Um, uh, here's some scripture that can help you through this. Um, here's some other people to talk to. Um, and then just a lot of praying and having it on my heart. And, uh, obviously I'm, not attending Roman Catholic Church anymore, and I'm attending Bethel, and yeah. I haven't regretted it one day in my life. So, would you say like your upbringing, and I mean, you're heavily involved, mm-hmm. so very pretty religious, very you know, pretty active and involved. Would you say that like for your experience, you you, you just weren't a believer? You you were you were you a believer? Were your parents like genuine believers, or was it just yeah? I would say that I was a believer and I would say that there were seasons of life that I wasn't. It was like the seasons of life that you just kind of just felt like you relied on the sacraments instead of relying on your faith. Yeah. Um, I would say that there, I wouldn't say that all Catholics are non-believers, but yeah. I wouldn't say all Catholics are believers. Yeah. And I would say that about Bethel. I just, cause mm-hmm. you're, you, you know, just cause you're sitting in a, in a seat on a set. doesn't mean you're, I mean, exactly. It doesn't mean that you're automatically a Christian. So exactly. Yeah. No, it, it's, Again, it's it. You just kind of have to know the dogma of what Catholics believe, and there's more of a works-based things uh, with the sacraments and stuff. Yeah, but they still also do stress faith, and there again, there's times that I feel like that faith is what you actually solely rely on. Yeah, compared to what the sacraments are. So, for me, there were seasons. Um, I would, I would say my mom is for sure a believer. Um, I would say my grandparents are believers. Um, and I, I just I think through that upbringing that I had, like it was, I, I never doubted that Jesus was real, that he died for us. I never had that doubt in my mind ever. It yeah. was, am I 
am I living it out as much as I could be? Yeah. Would Would you say in, in your, you know, one Catholic church upbringing experience that they presented and preached the gospel clearly where it was like, okay, you, faith and trust in Jesus is what saves you. Uh, and not that they get, you know, cause I, I don't even think that we as Bethel always get it right. You know, like, I mean, I think we need to emphasize scripture and point everybody back to scripture, but I think there's sometimes we can emphasize things that, you know, maybe aren't as emphasized as much in scripture. And so, but would you say that your church emphasize the gospel, even though there was still the workspace component to it? I would say that they, that they did to the best of their ability. There's like, there is a scale, like schedule and like calendar of like, this is what the gospel reading is this day. And this is what it is next week and next week and next week. And they said it for the entire year. And that's universal. No matter what church Catholic church you go to, it's the same, Mm -hmm. uh, schedule passage, all that kind of stuff. Yep. So it's, it's set. And here's what it is. Here's what we read. And then as the priest, you have to like look at it and be like, okay, how can I use this to like, what is the message that it's trying to convey? What am I trying to convey? Um, so like, I feel like if it's, there's something really big going on in the community, it's kind of hard to tie it in. Like sometimes like you had yeah. the, you had the sermons that had nothing to do with what the reading was because yeah. of something was going on. For sure. So like they, they still had that freedom. Yeah. But it, it it's kind of hard to to listen to a like a message and I feel like it's just kind of like a lecture, yeah. When it has nothing to do with like what you're reading, yeah. you know, like you get a more powerful sense of God's word of mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit feeling when you're okay. This is what God is speaking through the Bible, and this is what it like kind of means in my life because like you'll have those messages either in Bethel or wherever you are sometimes that like I feel like He's talking directly to me, yeah. And there were some days that. Some days you will have that and some days you won't. And I, yeah. I think that's kind of a universal church thing. Um, but like I, I would say that with the messages that they were able to convey, there were many times that I'm like, wow, like faith saves me. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think it's important to, you know, to, we can't just give it an umbrella to all Catholics or, you know, not like, no, 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 you know, I, or all Protestants or, you know, nope. just, or whatever it, it's, I'd be, yeah, because there's even tons of churches that may have a, a denominational name on it that I'm like, oh, they're probably legit, you know. But you know, we're yeah, we, we're pretty sinful people, so we make yep. a lot of mistakes. Yeah, we're all broken. Yeah, it it very much so. Um, so, uh, have you always wanted to be a college athlete? From when I was like two years old, my goal is always like, like you know how kids are like, oh, I want to be a policeman or I want to be a firefighter. It's like yeah. I want to play in the NFL. Yeah. Um, and that's not an uncommon dream. Um, I mean, my dad was a football coach for 10 years, so sports were very heavily involved in my life. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I mean, it was just kind of a, a no brainer for me. Yeah. I wanted to be a college athlete. So you weren't the one that's like, cause like, you know, Paisley for the longest time, she's like, I want to be a face painter. And then she's like, I want to work at Olive Garden. And so just, it changes, you know, like every six months she's got another, you know, another thing that she, but for you, it was like foot college athlete. I wanted to be a college athlete. I just didn't know what sport. Interesting. So mm-hmm. did you, what, what sports did you play growing up? Um, I, I felt like I pretty much did everything. Um, football, I, basketball, baseball, track, football, basketball, baseball, track. Um, and sometimes I, there was actually one season I did all four of those in one high school like season. So. Wow. Yeah. There's some overlapping there. Like, okay. All mm-hmm. right. Yep. So you college athlete, but you're like, ah, you know, 
what, what, if you were, if you could have played like a different sport in college, would you have been okay with that? Like if it was basketball versus college football? Well, I wasn't the greatest basketball player. Okay. Just because I'm, I'm a big guy, but I'm short. Yeah. You know, so like I'm not going to be playing post in college. So yeah. like you kind of like check that one off the list. It's probably <laughs> not going to happen. Um, For sure. I was, I was getting looks at, um, from, some SEC schools for track um, my sophomore year. I didn't have a junior year because of COVID. Yeah. So that kind of um, messed up that whole schedule for most of my class for any track looks. Yeah. Um, football was getting looked at by, well, NDSU obviously, but I was getting looked at by uh, some Big Ten schools, other schools as well. Um, that It's D1, just higher level, if that makes sense. Yeah, so yeah, like, yeah. You know, like when you're watching like uh, Nebraska or Wisconsin football, like yeah. those schools. Yeah, that uh, that conference. Um, baseball was getting looked at for uh, a couple of uh, D two looks. Yeah. Um. So it's so you had some options. I had some options. Was it hard to figure out like, you know, which one to go with and where to go? And and, and man, the thing I just it, a bummer I have for you and everybody else in, in the COVID stages is that just that just, oh, man, I don't know. It's almost like time stood still and nothing happened, and it just it didn't ruin everything, but it feel, felt like it did. Well, for me, it was like it was probably the most stressful time you'll ever go through when you're going through a recruiting process as an yeah. athlete and for going to a college. Um, and COVID really messed with that because typically, you know, like, hey, come over for an unofficial visit. Because NCAA regulations for any listeners out here, like, if you want to look it up, it is so complicated for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> like what you can and can't do and all that? Correct. Um, so there's like, unofficial visits and official visits and you can only take so many of them whenever and there's only this time period you can do it and it's oh man all right it's crazy there's some hoops to hop through with it yep um so i only got to take technically unofficial visits to um here at ndsu and i went up to one at und um and that was the only ones i got to do because then covid hit and everything stopped man so um, if if covid didn't hit really spe- that time or whatever you would have probably done it another half dozen or so oh i probably would have did probably closer to 12 okay and um i would have got to take like official visits um i I think the thing that covid affected me more was like because we didn't know we had no idea what was going on we had no idea what was going to happen in the world um i think i still am to this day the earliest commit um for ndsu football um i got offered in january of 2020 January of 2020, I think 2020 actually. Okay. Um, and cause then I graduated in 21, but then I committed in March. Okay. So I offered in January, committed in March. It was like three months that I had this offer held. Yeah. Um, now when you commit, like you can obviously decommit and you can say I'm committed to somewhere else and it doesn't okay. matter until you sign a paper that says, this is my national letter of intent, and okay. I'm going to this school. So you could say you're committed to multiple places and and not go through with that. Correct. Oh, that sounds like. Oh yeah. Like I, I'm like, how do I do? I don't know if I could do that. Like mm-hmm. that's cr- interesting. Okay. okay. Yep. So it, it's not unheard of. Like you can still look on it's X or Twitter now. Um, like you'll see it every day, like on a uh, some recruiting page for some other school, and it's like. Uh, four star D commits from this program commits to a different program, and it's like it's like every day. And oh, man, that seems like a game that mm-hmm. doesn't seem very healthy. Exactly. Um, and that's that's how I viewed it too. Um, because it was NDSU offered me in January, and it like it just kind of felt like if there was like any other like 
like a bigger school, like a Big Ten school. Like it just felt like I was the same player in January and they started talking to me in like June that summer. And I'm like, I already committed to NDSU. I appreciate the offer, but it was like in my head, I'm like, they knew who I was in January and they cared enough to offer me then. Yeah. So why didn't you? That's just kind of what went through my head. And like, I was getting talked by Nebraska, by Wisconsin, by UNLV, by Iowa State, like days after I committed to NDSU. And it was in my heart of hearts. I just knew that this is the place I wanted to go. Yeah. And I didn't decommit. I committed. I stayed the path. I'm like, this is where I committed my my time to. This is where I want to go. And I stuck through it. Yeah. Yeah. My assumption is that's probably not the case for most guys. It is. Or I guess any college athlete. Because... I didn't even know that was a thing mm-hmm. in my mind. It like, then just, then my word doesn't mean much. And that's, that's how I kind of viewed it is like, if I would decommit now, how would I want view myself, but how would others view me? Um, and in this time of college football, it kind of boils down to money. <coughs> Bless you. Thank you. Um, it, it boils down to money. Um, so we have a thing that got brought up in like, I think it was late 2022. Um, called name, image, and likeness. Okay. Um, which is where, like back in the day, like you couldn't get paid by anyone for anything. Yeah. Now it's like it's kind of like a sponsorship deal. Okay. So it's like, hey, come be in our commercial, and we'll pay you a thousand dollars. But it can also be as simple as, um, a group of people that love this university get together, be like, hey, just give us money, support us, give us donations. And we'll distribute it evenly to every single player on either just the football team or the entire student body. And there are many like FBS, higher level D1 college places like Nebraska that are, those kids are making 40, 50 grand a year just playing football. No in, way. In college. Yeah. And it's, it's legal. Yes. Now it is. Now it's legal. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh man, that's fascinating. Yeah. There was just a story of the, like the University of Utah, every scholarship player got a brand new 2024 Dodge Ram. Oh my word. Those trucks are valued at $77,000. This is very interesting. Each. Like it's it's crazy. Like so, so how how has this from you know it's from your perspective how is this changing the game? It changes it to the fact like it it's more of a business than it ever used to be. Yeah. And it makes it harder for coaching staffs to like if this kid wants to play here how are we supposed to keep him here when he's he has that option to go somewhere else and be making thousands of thousands of dollars when yeah. you know it just it boils down to what do you want yeah do you want to be um do you want to get become a better man do you want to become a better football player or do you just want to make money here and now and just better yourself like it yeah. it just boils down to what you want yeah mm-hmm. fascinating man fascinating well, what challenges have you faced as a follower of Christ in college? And, you know, every, every I think, college person faces things like that. And so what, is, what have been some of those challenges that you faced? I mean, the, just kind of the, the status quo of our culture um, has been a big thing. I mean, you, you get to college and you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't have to be at home. I don't have to ask my mom if I can go get pizza at 2 a.m. I don't have to worry about being home at a certain time. Um, and it can be as simple as that, or it can be super sinful as well, um, to, well, I can have multiple relationships or I can 
uh, just sleep around with whoever I want, or I can do drugs. I can drink and go party. I can get drunk. Like there is a part of that culture that is very heavily, heavy in, in college. Yeah. Um, and that, that piece of it, it's, you just have to, you have to know who to surround yourself with. And I found that out very quick. Um, and I was blessed enough to surround myself with Christ loving people and Christ knowing people. Yeah. Um, and those people that would better me as a follower of Christ mm. and not better me as a follower of the culture. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, that's helpful, man. What, what is the a schedule like for a college athlete? And, and, you know, and this is, I've talked to tons of graduates and it, and it usually is a top five where they're like, like, Hey, what was the, the biggest adjustment from going to high school to college? And they're like the schedule. And I'm like, well, tell me about that. And they're normally like, well, because you know, I'm not told what to do for eight hours a day. I, I now, you know, I may not have class on certain days, so I may have the whole day to do whatever I want. So the scheduling component usually is a, a big shock to a lot of people. Um, but that may not be the case for an athlete because you, you, you're, I mean, you're, you're not owned, but you, you don't, you don't, you don't have full authority over your schedule. So what, what's it like for your schedule as a college athlete? Well, for me as a college athlete, um, it, I, I can't have a class after 2 PM during in season time. And I can't have a class before 10 AM in the, like in the spring semester, the off season time, um, because we'll fix our, our lifts and our, our practices around that. Um, for me, actually, because um, there's there's a point that you get to higher level classes that they might only be offered once. Yeah. So you you have to go to that class if you want to graduate, yeah. and you might not have a choice. Um, so like for me, this semester I've actually been missing meetings twice a week because I have a class that I have to go to. Yeah. I still make it to all of practice, but I just don't get to watch that film. So like I'll find time to go in and watch it myself. Yeah. I'll meet with my coach and we'll watch it like together. Um, so like, I guess what it boils down to is like, one, how busy are you with that schedule? How many credits are you taking? Um, but two, they, they stipulate like when you can and can't have classes. Yeah. Um, any average day you can have two or three classes before that 2am time. Um, when you're a first year, you'll actually lift four days a week. Um, when you're like my age now, um, you only lift twice a week and those will fit in between those classes. So it'll be. Class, lift, class, go to lunch, class, go to meetings, have practice. And so you can be putting in, if you have an 8 a.m. class, you probably won't get back to your dorm or your apartment until 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. So it's easy 12-hour days at least. Oh, at least. And that's got to be Monday through Saturday. I mean, probably the only day that, it would. you probably don't even have full authority even over Sunday. Nope. Uh, Sundays, you still have to go in for some sort of like treatments, uh, rehab, whatever you need. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a very heavy homework day too. Um, so I, I, I think on any given day, um, it, it's including Sundays. I could probably estimate that I might get to have probably eight hours of free time yeah. in a week. And, 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 and in reality, that free time you probably like there's homework that needs done. Mm -hmm. So it's not like that's even like legitimate time that you're like, okay, it's all done. Now I can do whatever you want. No, it's like, it's like, I still know, like I have something due and I still have to do it. Yeah. But it's like, you you have to, you have to prioritize. Yeah. Right. And it's sometimes you have to prioritize your mental health over getting homework done sometimes. And yeah. Yeah. And uh, you also have to find prior, prior priorities to 
crack open my Bible, to talk to my youth group people, to uh, just have any sort of, I guess, kind of regular life conversations yeah. with people, uh, get to meet friends, um, talk with my fiance sometimes. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's been multiple days this, like, I might get like a 10 minute conversation on the phone with her and I have to go to bed and get up in the morning at six. Like, yeah. and you guys go to the same school. Mm -hmm. It's not like she's across the country. No. <laughs> we go to the exact same school and yeah. it's, yeah. So what would be some recommendations, especially for somebody going to college as an athlete? Would it be like, what would be some practical things you recommend? Like, Hey, you need to not work. You need to maybe only take fewer classes, maybe take a summer class to lighten the load throughout the year. What would be some of those kind of practical live on campus. We probably have to live on campus, mm -hmm. which I mean, in North Dakota, you don't want to get up and drive across town and three feet of snow. And you know, you don't want to do that anyway. That's a terrible idea. So I, I would say that like, so if you're a, if you are a student athlete in college, um, buy a planner and like, yeah, like you get those, get those syllabi at the beginning of the year. And I literally write down every single assignment when it is due. Yeah. And I have it on my planner the day before. Yeah. So I know like, Hey, I have to get it done tonight. It's due tomorrow. Yeah. Or if I really get like crazy for time, like, Hey, I have to do it this day. Um, and then also like for your tests, like I have to probably start studying like a week before for some of these tests, these yeah. exams are getting really, really hard. Like, and I think that's, I think that's also just kind of the stepping stone between high school and college is how in depth some of these questions are, what yeah. some of these exams are. Um, it, it's, it's no longer that like, hey, you know, you didn't do great on this test. Can you come in and like study hall and like just like <laughs> rework some of these questions and I'll give you some credit? Yeah. I, like all my classes, they don't curve. So yeah. you get a 71% on the test that you have a 71% on that test. Yeah. Um, and it, I mean, obviously kind of depends on your major. Yeah. Um, but for sure, it's just, it's being organized and being responsible for your time and being as attentive as you can to that. Like, this is my schedule. This is what I have to do. Um, yeah. and it's, it's not easy, um, for most colleges, um, if you're a student athlete, they will have academic advisors, um, that are there to help you. Um, my first semester I had to go in weekly to an academic advisor and like, it, this is my schedule for the week. This is where you're at. This is your grades. Um, and this is what you kind of have to do. So like they, they help you with that. And um, that's probably the, because you're an athlete that that's mandatory. Correct. Now, not 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 that not every student gets that benefit. I for, mean, you you have to take the, your own initiative. Mm -hmm. It may not be mandatory, I guess. For a for a non student athlete in college, there are still options. Um, NDSU for sure has. It's called ACE tutoring. Um, so it's um, students that have taken prior like those classes that you're in, they've taken a prior. They will like be recommended as a tutor yeah. or a TA or whatever. That's kind of all the same thing. Yeah. And they will say like, hey, I will be in the union from this time to this time, or I'll be in ACE tutoring from this time to this time. Come meet with me if you have questions and I'm here to help. Yeah. Or they'll send like, here's the email for this tutor for this course. Send them an email if you have questions. So it's not just for student athletes, but yeah. there's also still options for non-athletes as well on campus. Because um, for you as an athlete, it's it was a mandatory thing. You had to go every week. Yes. And they, they, they tried to help you out with that as well. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like, you were mentioning summer classes and stuff, actually those cost way more. Like it's like three, really three credits is like a thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's cause my, I mean, I didn't, I mean, I went to a seminary and so the summer classes were cheaper. 
Mm-mm. That's interesting. That's not how it works here because, okay. like most most of the uh, most of the professors and staff, like they're typically off in the summer. Yeah. So the the ones that stick around, they're like, well, I want like a pay bump or whatever it is. Yeah. Like I'm sure there's a there's a whole different side of it that I probably don't know for sure. Um, but typically they 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 charge you more for it. Um, but it's not unheard of um, for kids to do that. I've taken technically two summer classes. Um, I was like. The cool part about being an athlete is that you can actually put in a like a, a, qu- a request to hey, can my scholarship cover this summer class? Oh, um, so I, I had to do that twice. And, and did, did they do it? Uh, yes. Um, so I, I have to send that off to uh, the athletic director, uh, okay. Matt Larson, and, and he, he approves or he, declines it. Correct. So it's it's you have to give them a reason. Hey, why do why do we need to help you pay for this? Yeah. Um, and what does it do to help you? Because if you just fail classes because you weren't, you're just being unwise. He's probably going to de- decline it. Correct. So as a for an athlete, the scholarship covers primarily the fall and spring semester stuff, not automatically summer stuff. Correct. But it but it can. Correct. Interesting. Um, and being a student athlete, you're also not just you only get the athletic scholarship if you are lucky enough to get one. Um, it's like I. Because I still apply for just regular student um, scholarships. Yeah. Um. I my grades were high enough that like I have a like I think it's a presidential scholarship from NDSU. Um. And then I, depending on where you went to high school, um, each state kind of has their own thing too that you can apply for. Yeah. So because I went to an in-state school and I went to a in-state high school, I get a, a certain scholarship depending on what I got on like my ACT. Yeah. So, yeah. And there's tons of scholarships out there. I mean, it's it's insane there how, how much money's out there. That, hundreds of thousands of dollars goes uncollected each each semester because they just don't see it or they don't look for it. Yeah. Hmm? Yeah. Crazy, man. Crazy. What challenges have, have you faced specifically as an athlete? And that, you know, I'm sure there's different dynamics and, I mean, it could be injuries or, you know, the, I mean, I even think about like, today like what's the what's the mental health component because everybody handles things differently like for me in high school i loved it when my football coach yelled in my face i was like this is good for my soul now i didn't think i didn't say it that way then in my mind but i i I resonate with that i'm like i yell at me tell me what i'm doing and okay look come on lucas let's go like I, i that doesn't bother me but somebody else man that may like cripple them and they may be walking away thinking you know, I'm a piece of trash and my coach hates me, you know, but I never took it that way. So it, so just the, even the mental health com- component, I'm, I'm sure just being with guys, you know, at that level, I'm, I'm sure there's components of that that are frightening and scary, scary and crazy all at the same time. Well, I, I think the, the amount of profanity you hear on a daily basis doesn't help the mental. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. That, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I, the, the thing there, there's, a couple of things I want to talk about with, with this, um, with, with the mental, with the mental side of things, what, what we tell, like the coaches say this right off the bat, like, it's like one of the first things that they'll probably say to you as you're sitting in a meeting room for the first time, it's listen to the message, not the tone. Mm. Cause it'll get intense. Coaches will yell at you. They'll say yeah. some things that like, you're like, wow, they don't like me or I am really bad at football. And yet you're still here. You're yeah. still at NDSU. You're playing D1 college football. Yeah. There's a reason they wanted you here. Yeah. And they're, 
They want to see your best potential and they want to help you achieve it as soon as possible. And sometimes it doesn't come out in the greatest way. Mm. And I, I think we have conversations on a daily with anyone outside of even just sports that it didn't come out the greatest, but like they, they still care, yeah. you know, yeah. and whether it's through a text or whether it's through a call, um, that just that they talk to you and they said something they care. And that, that's kind of how we view it. Yeah. Um, it's, it's easier said than done sometimes. Um, man, I'm thinking, and I don't, I don't know if I would say that our culture today is more sensitive than it used to be, but I kind of feel that it's more sensitive today than it used to be, yep. you know? Uh, and, and I, I mean, I'm not a cultural expert and all that kind of stuff, but I, I could imagine, I mean, I talk to students all the time and parent, you know, and, you know, and lots of parents and, you know, this teacher said this one thing to my kid and, you know, and it's like war is, is, is now in place, you know? And so it, I would be, <laughs> I don't know if it would be beneficial for any, uh, parents of athletes to experience what, what you would hear in, from coaches because I don't, I don't know if parents can handle it, so to speak. I, I mean, the, the, the first, the first lift I was ever a part of, and you just, you see the, the intensity that our strength coach has, like, and like, I would die for this man. Like I care for him that much. Cause I know he cares for me that much. Yeah. Like, and like, you just, you see the intensity and sometimes that intensity comes out and just some weird, funny ways, <laughs> but like, and just, I think it's, it's hard, especially in just kind of how, how prideful, um, I feel like our culture is becoming, yeah. I think that's kind of what's boiling down to is like, it's yeah. all about me and not the we. Yeah. And when, when you have a, when you have a purpose that is greater than yourself and that purpose is in Christ, that purpose is for your team, that, that helps you get around that feeling of like poor me why are they always coming at me it's 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 not it's not that what was me thing yeah um i guess just the the second thing about you know just the mental of being a part of college football is where are you placing your worth yeah um this year especially it's like for me it's it, it, it the season hasn't boiled out to how i wanted it to be for for myself and also for the team and um you know, you just kind of got to go through a daily pro- like process of like my like say this to myself every day. Say this is myself before I get on the field, right after I wake up, before I start a lift, before I go to class. It's my worth is in Christ, not in what I am doing. My worth is not yeah. that I have an A or B in this class. My worth is not that I get a tackle or not on this play. My worth is not that I am going to be an All American or not. My worth is in Christ. Um, and it's it's much like a much harder thing to to try to do especially with like it's such a result oriented thing it's like either you made the play or you didn't make the play yeah either you got an a or you didn't get an a um in a real world sense either you did the assignment or like you did the the job right or you didn't do the job right either we made money or we lost money and yeah your your worth is rooted in christ not in what you're doing yeah i would assume that's very hard for most athletes oh it's it's incredibly hard i i mean it's we all have that sense of being of like, if I want to play, I have to produce. I have to get tackles. I have to get yeah. sacks. I have to catch a ball correctly, whatever it is. Um, and it doesn't matter what sport you play. It doesn't matter what you yeah. are doing. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. 
In, in what ways have you seen God working in your life, you know, as a, as a college athlete in this season, this phase of life you're in? What ways have you seen God working in your life? I, well, the, the easiest one is the blessing I have with my fiance. Um, Aubrey is a very bright light in my life. She, she helps ground me. She, she has helped propel me to be a better man in Christ. Um, there was like through that transition time between like, I wasn't really a Catholic and I wasn't really doing anything else. She was the one that was like, Hey, let's go to Bethel or Hey, let's go to um, FCA or Hey, let's do a Bible study or um, she yeah. just, she kind of helped propel me that way. Um, in, a, in a marriage sense, we were very unequally yoked at that time. Um, but I, I would say we were very equally yoked now. Yeah. Um, and it, through that process, I mean, it, for me being able to see what I have to become for as a future husband, um, being able to help lead my, my family and my household, um, yeah. to continue to strive for my family to, uh, live in Christ and be Christ-like people. And, um, obviously I'm not perfect and I won't do, I never will be. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, that's the very humbling thing you have to, to process. But, um, that for sure is one piece that I know God has truly blessed me with is her. Um, God has really worked, um, with, uh, the relationships I've been able to build here at NDSU. Um, just the, the true Christ lovers, they live in Christ. They would live and breathe through Christ. Yeah. Like, and th- those relationships I've been able to create, like those are lifelong. Um, and it, it's like you go to any campus and you're like, you're asking about like, Hey, what clubs are there? And like the last ones that are ever be stated is like, Oh, there's crew or there's Chi Alpha or there's FCA or whatever those are. Those are probably like the last on the list anyone will ever say, because religion is not the, it's not the main thing and people yeah. don't care about it in college enough. And that's just my own personal opinion. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a, they don't, you don't talk about it. You don't talk about like, Hey, I was praying about this the other night to someone in the dining center. It's like, Hey, did you go to this party the other night? Like that, that's, that's what people want to talk about. And it's it's just being able to, to talk with those, those Christ people and like, like, and they aren't, they aren't scared to talk about it. And because of just their, just because of that attitude, like I walk around with a, with an unashamed FCA sweatshirt on like at least once a week, just like, um, like, and it has the, I'm trying to remember the, the verse is like Romans eight, 18 or something. And, uh, then we have the, uh, kingdom over culture sweatshirt as well. Just like something that can just spur that conversation of like, Hey, yeah. what is, what does that mean? What's FCA? What's, what are you guys about? And, um, like just seeing what, what God is, has just done just through FCA as well. I mean, it was 30 people. It's almost a hundred people now. Yeah. It's three times as big as it used to be. Yeah. Um, that's it's really been encouraging to see what God has been able to do on on a college campus in the middle of the tundra. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> yes, it does get a little cold here. What, what has been some just like surprises to this phase of life that you're in? You know, so you're in college, athlete, engaged, getting married in, J- in January. So just even just farther out than just being in school and an athlete. What what are some surprises to this phase of life that you've been in? I would say just like how little time I feel like I have to to plan it all out and to do everything. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's just kind of the, a piece of just growing up, you know, you have responsibilities, you have things you have to do. Um, 
whether it's work or school or whatever. Um, and you have to figure it out. You have to be an adult and you have to prioritize. You have to do things, um, correctly and efficiently and you have deadlines. Yeah. Um, like I have a deadline for when I have to get my, my suit, um, altered. I don't know if I'll make that deadline sometimes. Um, I have a deadline for what music do we want to choose for the wedding? Again, I am like three days away from when I probably have to choose this thing and I'm not there yet. Like it's, there's just those, those deadlines and the lack of time. You just kind of feel like you have, um, a very, it was my D coordinator. Um, very wise man, uh, God loving man, God fearing man. And, um, he said, you just, you have to be present where your feet are. Um, so it's, if I'm in class, just be in class. If I'm on the football field, just be on the football field. Yeah. Um, just cause I'm, I'm, I'm an analyzer. I'm an overthinker. Like I, I can sit in one place and I could be thinking about three or four different things that I need to be doing and try to figuring out those issues yeah. right then and there. And by doing that, like I'm still getting the job done, but it's probably not as good of a job as it should be and needs to be. Yeah. Um, and with that mental, this is kind of able to flip it around. And, um, so like when it's, when I'm sitting with Aubrey and we're planning out some wedding stuff, that's all I'm thinking about. I'm not thinking about school. I'm not thinking about football. Um, it's, it's, that's just, that's been the, that's been like probably the hardest thing of just trying to be present and trying to value your time and use that time wisely. Yeah. Well, and for you. It, you genuinely have limited time that that you can't change or dictate. You know, like there's a lot of, you know, students that are in college or whatever, and they've got lots of time and they squander and they even may say, well, I just don't have time for anything, but that's not the same, you know, it, you know, uh, and so I just think it's important to, yeah, we, we have to, we have, I mean, I guess as an athlete, you don't have as much freedom over your time. So you're extremely limited but if you're a non, I mean, I get I mean, you get to choose how you spend most of your time. If you're a non-athlete, or how, how are you going to spend your time, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Whereas you don't get to do that. Well, I think you also have to keep in mind most non-athletes have to find a way to pay for school if they yes, don't they have do. scholarships. Yes, so they do. I'm sure some of them, most of them, probably still have jobs, part-time jobs, even full-time jobs that they still have to do outside of it. Yeah. Um. So like, I'm sure that there's times that like time is harder to figure out. Yeah. But. Again, it just it boils down to what do you do during that time? Because like, as much as I would love to sit and watch a YouTube video or watch a movie, I know I have homework I have to do. Yeah, and I know that if I don't do it, I'm going to be in deep trouble. Yeah. So yeah, you, you just have to you have to prioritize. Yeah. yeah. What wisdom would you share to a student who wants to be in your shoes? I mean, I every everybody I know, at least guys, well, maybe not all, but a majority of of you know, middle school students, high school students, or even young kids want, I want to be an athlete. Um, you know, I'd love to do whatever, whatever that is. And so for those who would want to be in the shoes that you're in now, what wisdom would you share with them? You have to be ready to sacrifice a lot. You have to be ready to sacrifice a lot of your time when you want to be doing something that you just want to do. Yeah. Like, do you want to play video games or should I be working on my shot? Do you want to be, building a Lego or should I be on the football field doing some drills? Yeah. Um, and it's it not just even a sacrifice of time and things that you want to do. It's probably sacrifice of time of spending time with your friends or your loved ones or yeah. like I, I, 
I will always be thankful for Aubrey and my, my parents, my family for the sacrifices that they made for me as well. Um, I mean, again, I don't know if I see Aubrey more than four or five hours a week. Yeah. And most of the time is we're spent on the couch next to each other doing homework together. And we count that as hanging out together. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the amount of miles that my parents drove me around for, for tournaments and, um, to practices and just trying to have it work. Um, they just the, the sheer love and care that they showed me and it, it's not easy. Yeah. It's not easy at all. Um, you, you just have to be ready to, if you want to be great at what you do, you will have to make sacrifices and it's not the easiest thing. And like, there was a lot of times I struggle with like, Hey, I just, I want to be done. I, I want to be done with this sport for right now. Like just give me a week and you have to, you have to find your purpose. You have to find your why again and you have to dig in. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, there's a, in our culture, I think there's this aspect where like, well, I can, I can do it all. And I, I'm, I understand this concept more now than ever. Uh, somebody in my life said, when you say yes to something, you're always saying no to something else. And we don't necessarily think it that way. But it, yeah, we're, you ha- you're going to have to prioritize. You cannot do it all. And even if you could pull it off, may, it probably isn't done very well. It, it isn't beneficial. Correct. But I, I don't like that. <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't even like that, you know? Right. So um, what, what things um, did you do that helped prepare you for where you are today? Like values or certain things that help prepare you to, to, to be at the position in, in the stage that you're in now? It would just be the... The amount of times that I was able to get in my Bible when I was younger, um, the amount of times that I, I went to church and knew Christ. Um, it, it, if I didn't have Christ in my life right now, I would be miserable. Yeah. Because it's, again, you just be focused on that culture and what it's telling me. And it would be like, oh, I never have time for myself. I I can't do anything. I'm crappy at football, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and it would just be the, just 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 believing and having that faith that Christ died for me. Like, yeah, that, to me, that's probably the one of the most important things that has helped me get to where I'm at is my faith. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it, man. How would you say your faith has grown the most? You know, as a the phase you're in, college athlete. How has your faith grown the most in this particular season? I think it's the, the amount of times I'm comfortable just speaking it. Um, like my, my first year, again, I was very hesitant to mention like I was a Christian or, uh, what I really believed in or give my two cents on some worldly issue, like abortion or living together or premarital sex or whatever it is. Um, I, I was very hesitant to talk about it. Um, as my faith has grown, um, it's, it's becoming the, I, I should give my two cents because God tells me to give my two cents. Yeah. My, God tells me to make disciples of the world to continue to grow his kingdom. Um, I, I just, I think there's the mindset for me is like, even if I plant the seed, I might not see it sprout. Yeah. Someone else might water that seed for me. Yeah. And it this very, uh, just kind of an un, like just, a, just a selfless thing of like, I might not see the results, but I might've started a process that could change this person's life. Yeah. Were there, did you have hesitations like in high school sharing your faith or was it like, okay, I'm going to, 
you know, D1 school and I'm going to be around athletes and like, I don't know if I should, like what, what caused hesitation there for you? I I would, I would say in like high school, it was like, you knew who went to the same church as you. Yeah. It it was a, it wasn't a small town, but it was still not like a hundred thousand people big. Yeah. Um, so like I knew the people that went to the church and like, like it was rare, but we would still talk about church. Like even if it wasn't like the cafeteria or something, like we just talk about it. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't a foreign thing to you. No. As a, as a high school student. It, it was more of like getting out of my comfort zone of like, this is like, a this is a teammate that like I've talked to a few times. Yeah. So like they, they know me, but I don't know, know them, yeah. you know? And like being able to just go out there and be like, Hey, I hear what you're struggling with. Or like, Hey, I hear what you're talking about what about this? You know, and like give them just a little bit of godly advice or uh, like, Hey, this is what the Bible says. Or like, do you believe in Christ? Like just asking some of those, those questions that can spur that conversation. And I've actually been very surprised with how quick some people are to like, Oh my gosh. Yeah, dude. Like I, I've read the Bible before or like, you know, I I did go to church, but like, it just kind of grew away from me. Like, there's some familiarity. Yes. So it's not like a foreign concept to them, even if they're not a believer. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And just seeing like some of the difference that it's it's grown and just even men in just the past year. Like it's night and day. Yeah. And it's like, do I feel good about it? Like, because you think like, oh my gosh, like I was able to help create that. I mean, a little bit, but I know at the yeah. same time, it's like, that's just God's work. Yeah. And that's God's power of like, you get to see that each and every day, like God's word, God's power, the Holy spirit literally turned this person on a 180 yeah. and you can see how beneficial it is for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How do you keep football from becoming an idol? And you, and you, and, and you may or may not, but it may be a reminder to you all the time because surely there's guys on the team that you're just like, this is their life. Mm-hmm. Like their entire life is wrapped up in their identity as college athlete. There was, there is a hundred percent a time, whether in high school or even early on here in my college career that like, I just, football was football. And like, that's all I cared about. Like, that's all I had time for. It was either film or football and and school was there and I had to do school because that's, I I had to play football. So I had to do some, I had to do something to stay eligible, you know? Yeah. Um, and there was, there was just that, that time of where I was. I just, I had that, that, that light bulb moment. Like, like I, I had faith, but like, I'm like, why am I caring so much about this to the point of like, I can't sleep cause I'm so stressed about it, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, that can just be work or whatever's going on in someone's life. It doesn't, doesn't, that doesn't have to just be sports. For um, sure. And just being able to, again, that, that constant reminder of my worth is in Christ, not in football. Um, I got injured this past spring and it was, uh, um, there's like a billion ligaments in your knee. So I, I tore one of those in there. Um, and like, you know, you have all these guys come up to you and they're, they're like, like, how you doing? You know, are you okay? Like, are you depressed? Like not saying that obviously, but like, and honestly, like I was like, I was fine. Like I just, yeah, no, it, it's a part of life. God's plan. It, it happens. And it was like, I, I'm good because I, I, I know I have Christ. And if 
it thankfully wasn't bad enough that like I couldn't play again. Like, and again, you, I would be very sad, upset. I'd probably grieve a little bit of like, if I couldn't play a sport again yeah, because of an injury. But at the same time, it's like, Jesus is my, Jesus is my end goal. You know, yeah. I want to go to heaven and I know I'm going to heaven, you know? And like the, just that thought was like, that it was, it was comforting. Yeah. And, um, those, those people around me that are Christ fearing, Christ loving, like those are the, those are the people that got a little bit closer to me and they were speaking that wisdom into my ear a little bit too, always kind of reminding me. And yeah, it was like a, it's kind of felt like a, like a water drop off my back. And mm-hmm. it, for some kids, it would have been a, excuse me, um, like a bigger deal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, before we, before I ask how we can pray for you, how, you know, those listening that our church can be praying for you. If you, if you get the opportunity to go to the next level, would you take it? I would, I would, um, (laughs) with how rare it is, um, you know, it's still crossed my mind. Um, I, I I don't know if it'll happen. Um, I mean, if, again, if it does, it does, I'm going to take my shot and try to live my dream out. But if it doesn't, it's, I don't have a horrible backup plan with a, a degree and then eventually in a master's degree. And like, I, yeah. like I'll still have a, you know, tip, like my plan B is typically someone's plan A, you know? Mm. Um, but it's, it's not that I'm like, just not going to try, but it's also knowing like, if it doesn't happen, I'm not going to be heartbroken about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. My assumption is that's probably not the mindset of most guys on the team. At least in your experience, mm-hmm. that that's probably not their their mindset. I'm sure there's got to be conversations all the time. Maybe with the, you know, the juniors and seniors like that, where they're just talking about it all the time. Like, okay, am I going to make it to the? And if I mean, it's got to be consuming. There, there, there are some guys that are a little more realistic with themselves. Okay, and they know that like, I'm not built for it. Like yeah. those guys are specimens. <laughs> like they're like God created them for one thing, and it's to play. NFL football and um like some guys again realize that a little bit quicker than others yeah um and and you also got to think like NDSU has produced NFL caliber players but it's not like Alabama where it's like 12 15 a year it's one or two yeah um just one thing I guess I always thought about is like if you're good enough to play they're gonna find you it doesn't matter where you go play football yeah um so it's Again, it's some guys realize it, some guys don't, um, and then some guys like, like you said, they they really idolize football, and when it doesn't go their way, it's they're not living a great life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Jackson, how can how can we be praying for you and uh, for your fiance? Um, for me personally, just the continued uh, the continued strength and knowledge that like always to to remind me through the Holy Spirit, like, hey, God is. God is there for you and God is there for um also my teammates and just the the continue to the praying for that, that that strength and that knowledge of the faith in Christ. Yeah. Um I, I guess also for me and Aubrey, just the praying for a, a good uh marriage, um continuing to uh get to know one another and love one another um through this last few like month of engagement holy cow last month of engagement um and just knowing that we 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 love each other but we also love christ 
and through that together, like we can have a very good life. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the House on Fire podcast. Our prayer is that this podcast activates your home for Jesus. May the light of Christ burn bright through you and yours. Until next time.